Welcome to the Leah Andrews Show. We are on location at a big, beautiful barn in Natchez, Santa Fe, in California. And I am here with my guest, Poppy Phillips. She is the owner of Holistic Animal Insights, which is an animal uh, life coaching company. Um, but more than this, she is someone who's changed my life, so I'm really excited to talk to her today. Welcome, Poppy. Thank you, Leah. Um, and so, I want you to describe to people what you do. We're going to show it later so you can actually see her in action. Um, but what is it that you do? Holistic Animal Insights actually is an offshoot of Equine Alternatives. I created Equine Alternatives in 1998. I was originally a show horse trainer, and in the back of my head, it drove me crazy to make horses go round and round for blue ribbons mm -hmm. for a living. And I wanted to get back to the animals that are silent sufferers, animals that have given their heart, minds, and souls for us humans, and um, teach us great responsibilities because we love them. So I was influenced by the animal chiropractors, acupuncturists, and things like that. And they seemed to have a knack for helping animals that way and had some mentors throughout my life. But the true modality for me was the kinesiology. So I was mentored by a human kinesiologist and pioneered a method that allowed a, a communication aspect. It gave the animals a voice and it, they could discuss their pains, their urgencies, anything critical. Well, hi. hi. <laughs> anything seen or unseen, known or unknown that might be affecting them, and positive or negative. And, um, Come here, Casanova. <laughs> this is our friend Casanova today. He's our real star. And so um, I had a life-changing event that brought me to this modality. For me, what was amazing was that you really listened to the animals. Like, it's not just like you do some muscle testing and, oh, their leg hurts. Like, they tell you about, I feel depressed, I feel sad, I don't like the way, I don't like this person when he talks to me. And what is really amazing about that is it's really, I think what we as humans do, it's really convenient for us to say, oh, I, like, they don't speak my language. They're not really feeling much. They don't, they don't care that I'm neglecting them or abusing them because they can't talk. Right. And so, but when you start to listen to their voice and hear them and see how conscious they are. It's that, shocking. Yeah, it's shocking. It's really it's shocking. shocking. It, it changed my world. It yeah. ruined it for me as a horse trainer. Uh-huh. So, yeah. so, yeah, I basically had to kind of phase out the horse training because my heart was breaking for them. And people are ignorant. Mm -hmm. and, and I think everybody wants to take care of their pet. Great. But I think it's just always evolving. You know, the knowledge of dog foods and horse food and insulin issues, things like that, are just emerging science in the animal fields. And, and I do work with veterinarians, which is really exciting. I, I really enjoy that. Um, so it's, it's great to have clinical analysis, x-rays, blood work, things like that, um, to either back it up or to to help us go in a right direction. Initially, people would call me on last case scenarios, like near-death issues, and somehow people would get my name and say, call this girl, she can, she can probably give you an, an idea of what's going on in your animal. So that's it. The company grew by itself. I never advertised, it was all word of mouth. Um, it just is a chance meeting for a lot of situations, and um, 
I, I do kind of enjoy those critical life or death situations because you literally have nothing to really lose. You learn so much, and the animals seem to be very game about teaching. So um, the modality was created through a life-threatening issue for me as I went to Egypt on a spiritual quest. In 1999, dove into a pool at a four-star hotel, inhaled a waterborne parasite to my brain, and my limbs went numb. And the hindsight, I learned that the waterborne parasite is just a soma. A quarter of a million people a year in third world countries die of this parasite. Um, the company, the group of people I was traveling with um, were psychics. And they kept doing psychic healings on me and telling me I was healed and I was well, and, and I wasn't. It was um, a game changer for me. It, it totally changed my perspective on life and God and um, faith healers and, and power and who to give up your, yourself to in that respect. But um, so I ended up not getting diagnosed for almost a year and was diminishing in health significantly. And then basically after a year of struggling and getting no answers from the medical field, I wrote a letter to God saying, you could kill me or you could cure me and I would work for you. And after that, I was downloaded within 48 hours remedies and recipes and modalities. And it took me two years to get well, actually. So um, I'm happy to say I'm here. And that I'm actually thriving, and and it's a huge priority changer when you are dealt with a life-threatening illness. That just waking up, eating breakfast, and getting dressed is a big deal. And so the the life-changing event created its own business. And I've been doing it ever since. So, I mean, that's a real spiritual two by four. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> because, I mean, it, yeah. it was shocking to me. Yeah. I didn't, you yeah. know, A, there was a God, and B, he actually heard me, and C, he really cared. And, he, and he's holding you to your work. And yeah, <laughs> I have the contract, and, and I'm committed to it. And so, absolutely, I, I try to live it every day. And, you know, I'm a flawed human being like anybody else. It's the human experience on the planet. Yeah. But um, it's a cool human experience on the planet. I can't. I, I never picked this life for me. Absolutely. So it started with horses. Mm -hmm. And the modality works for all life forms. So I've worked on everything from geckos to sea lions okay. and, and everything in between. I do a lot of dogs and horses, though. That uh -huh. seems to be my, you know, the domestic animals rather than uh, And I don't know a lot about other animals, but the um, owners can help me a lot. So the the life coaching aspect of it is we go through diet and um, exercise and complaints and mm -hmm. anything from if it's a dog leashes and um, the family dynamics can come up and it can sometimes the animals even express future events which blows me away you know when uh, I actually had a horse talk about a meth lab <laughs> down the street and so there was, and the older animals seem to be much wiser, but um, not always the case, but this, this was the case. It was an older mare, and she'd been a world champion. She's been hauled all over the United States competing, and she was retired. And um, she said she could smell it cooking, and that she knew as a future that it was getting busted soon, which I thought was amazing. And um, I just kind of chalked it up in the back of my brain 
as um, we'll see about that. And I never really, I'm a big person for confirmation. I need confirmation. I don't always buy into anything and everything that is um, right at this time. Just have a horse walking. <laughs> never mind that. <laughs> So, um, lo and behold, a month later, I was at a different science house, probably two miles away from this person's house, and said, did you hear about the math industry? And I go, you've got to be kidding me. And I go, no, I, I heard about it, but I didn't hear about it. I go, what's the deal with it? And she goes, uh, 60 FBI agents came out and busted this international math lab. Just, and it was pretty much a month to the moment that she, she claimed it would be. So... Animals have prophetic abilities. Mm -hmm. um, what I've learned from this is they have spiritual giftings just like humans. Mm -hmm. and, and I don't know if that's ever been addressed. I don't think it's necessarily like mm -hmm. a biblical statement or mm -hmm. anything like that. But there is some scripture saying, ask the animals and they'll teach you. Mm -hmm. So it's a beautiful line of scripture that you, you have on your, your previous website. Absolutely. Um, can you recite it? Well, it... It's um, Job 12, 7 through 10, and it basically says, ask the animals and they'll teach you. Talk to the fish and they'll proclaim to you who, whose breath is in the hands of the Lord. Um, but I can read it. It'll yeah. be more accurate, no, but, but that's, that's the gist yeah. of it. Yeah. And it, it, I hold true to that because um, the animals created first, if you go by Christian theology, um, we all had communication ability. If you go through the Garden of Eden, if a snake came down and talked to you, you'd scream and run away. And that didn't happen. So I'm assuming that we all had a holy divine connection. And that's kind of a, a mission is to restore heaven on earth. Yeah. So what have the animals taught you? And that's a good question, actually. Um, humility. Uh, I have I had a corgi at the time, and and he I drug him to accounts with me all the time, and and there was a moment where where I had this epiphany that humans and animals may change roles in passing, where you feel the emotions of people that you've maybe done good things and harmful things to, but also your animal. So if you're negligent to filling that water bowl all the time and your dog's thirsty or hungry or left out in the sun, you, you may trade roles with that. So I, it, in other theologies, it may be a karmic payback, but um, it, it rocked my world to understand that. And I took it to heart. I mean, you really have to put yourself in your animal's shoes. And even if you don't feel like getting them out for the day or or checking the water bowl to see if it's actually filled or not, you probably should do it. It's it's safe, you know. It's the best thing to do is, is to go with the safest point of view. Yeah, and I do think they do little red flags and warnings. I think you get ideas and inklings if they are. Like some animals defecate in their water bowl and they can't drink and they'll actually colic and die. A lot of animals can throw up, but horses can't. So if they are having a GI upset and it turns into a colic, then there's, it's the number one killer of horses. So they're big animals, but they're sensitive animals. And they're very simple, they're herbivores. So I can have them fast. So one thing that I found really interesting is how 
so much when you were talking to them. How much did they pick up on the social dynamics, the emotional dynamics that are going on within the family, within friends, in their environment, for the people? Uh, and it really affects their health and their mental stability as well. Absolutely. Yelling, screaming in the family. Um, relationship issues, uh, they sense, you know, there's always people that say, if my dog likes you, um, you must be good. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's true for every dog, actually. <laughs> oh, I think there's some dogs that are really good at discernment and uh -huh. some dogs that are just happy-go-lucky and they see the good in everybody. Right, right. Or they I mean, want to bring out the good yeah. in everyone. And so, yes, it's another thing that I've learned is the spiritual gifting aspect, but also how the dynamics play out in the household, or even if you bring in the air conditioning guy, or or something to that level, and what what is attached to them, um, how it influences the household, the family, um, new pets, babies in the family. I, I get a lot of calls from people saying, you know, my wife is pregnant, we're nervous about our dog taking, being okay with the new to the family. Uh, another big advocacy for me is vaccinosis, is mm -hmm. where the pets have been overly vaccinated, and um, I've had quite a few calls where, where people were saying, my pet's suddenly chewing the furniture, mm -hmm. or is suddenly neurotic, and my first question is, when was your last vaccine? Oh, wow. okay. um, often these vaccines can aggravate the nerve endings, and the dogs don't know how to express themselves, so they start gnawing on things and act, being super aggravated and irritated. And it's honestly a fairly simple cure. But a lot of those pets, I wonder how many of them end up going to shelters. People give up on them, can't come out to um, rescues and, and disown them because they're unrepairable on a medical level. Well, I mean, people discard, they would discard their children if they could. I mean, <laughs> I think people are very quick to, instead of seeing that as a, as a little opportunity to learn something, because usually those things open doors when you have a challenge like that. Um, if you go take it through to the end, but right. a lot of times we take the easier route, like, oh, well, this is not easy, so how can I... And I think that's yeah. true for humans, too. Yeah. I think I'll, I'll, some of the human issues are viable health issues, whether it's mental or physical, mm -hmm. and... Um, it's just not black and white, though. You can't put a fork in it. So this has been a wonderful modality to add insight and, and revelation to what's actually going on physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, genetically, and lifestyle. So we go through all of the systems of life and, and the relationships around them. Whether for horses, it can be veterinarians and barriers and horse trainers and boarding facilities. On dogs, it could be your trainer or your groomer, or just your perception of life. Now, let me ask you this. I, I always wonder this about you. Are you vegetarian? I am now. Okay. So I wasn't it, always vegetarian. It did, so this did make you vegetarian. Yeah. Okay. Um, I actually, uh, it's been a touch and go. Nobody taught me this, so I've had to create a system. So I open with a prayer. Uh, and I actually write scripture on the animals, and then I close with the prayer at the end. Well, before I learned the opening and the closing, I was kind of a wide-open vessel, and as I ate meat, I would hear it. So I would actually hear the trauma of its slaughter and the area that it was kept in, and 
then I did some research to see if what I was hearing was actually real. And it, it was disgusting. So I don't have any desire for me. I, it's hard being a vegetarian because you look at your platter and you've got vegetables and beans and you're like, that's it. Um, but I think it feels good. For me, it feels good. I don't hear the horrible things. And, and I think it was good for me to hear that, to understand what the animals in the slaughterhouses are actually going through. It's not, it's not nice. And it's got to be shocking for an animal to know that they're only being raised for human consumption because they know it. I didn't know that they knew it until doing this job, but they actually know they're, they're purely raised for us to eat them. That's a little sad. It, it would be like an alien abduction or yeah. something awful. Well, you know, you're just there for them to experiment on or something. Yeah, like you have no, you're not, you have no purpose. They don't see you, they don't value you, but yeah. that, yeah. Right. That must be hot I, yeah, I would think so. I think it's a tragic situation. Well, we're going to get to you just one second. I just have one more question for you, Poppy, because this was another huge epiphany for me when I worked with you. I had also been sensitive when I was younger and really shut it down because I didn't know how to protect myself. So you do a lot of work with, um, you use scripture and you use a lot of essential oils as well. Absolutely. For anointing. Um, and you actually use it to help um, open up communication. Yes. In the right way, in a protective way. And that's, yeah. well, and that was one of the modalities that kind of kicked in for me is when I first started the kinesiology, it was yes and no answers. It was muscle testing, lifestyle, weak or strong, <laughs> yes or no. And I would run it um, initially through a human host, and then um, I evolved to using myself as an intercessor, and then I would invite them with frankincense. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that was the key to getting sentences and more images. Um, but the first thing that ever came through me as a sentence was I was checking saddle fit on a horse in Davis. And the horse, I heard clearly said, I like my new saddle, it's really nice. And so I didn't know. Just so You're you know, a good cameraman. Just so you know, um, his snort is very powerful. So Philip is weird. He's doing great. Good boy. Look at you. He's You're beautiful. so handsome. He's beautiful. Um, so I, I articulated that to the owner, and, and the owner said, great, because I spent a fortune on it, so he better like it. Yes. And that was all that was said, and, and that was like a huge epiphany to yeah. me, and it never quit from that moment on. And when I teach it, it seems to be the same as, it's almost like the brain's a muscle. Mm -hmm. And the more you use it, the more information you get uh -huh. from it. Hi, handsome. So I think, I think this is Casanova saying it's time to get started. Actually, I really do want to show you at work, because that's what's fascinating. So Casanova is a beautiful, very loved horse. Um, actually, we met through a friend who is Casanova's, I want to say owner, companion, <laughs> animal friend. <laughs> um, and Casanova is, is, but you know, like all of us, even the best taking care of, care, care of animals have their, their issues that they want to talk about. So Casanova has some, definitely some things he wants to, to discuss today, and he has been very willing to tell the world about that because he loves to be a spokesman. So, and he actually left his food 
to be with us. So he has a pile of food in the corner, which is really awesome that he finds this exciting. Um, so we're going to open with a prayer. We're going to pray for Casanova. So I come before you, Lord Jesus, for understanding of what Casanova has imposing, restricting, limiting him on all aspects, physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, behaviorally, lifestyle, and genetic. Any sort of um, complaints or concerns, anything urgent or critical, anything stressful, please reveal it. And ways to heal it. And if there's any other things that we need to discuss, please also uh, allow us to comprehend that in a way that we can help it and resolve it. In Jesus' name, amen. So at this point, usually I use an essential oil to create, um, you know, a blessing for one thing. It also seems to open the channel when he's right there, accepting his blessing. Unbelievable. <laughs> so that was awesome. <laughs> Thank you, Casanova. And it's um, look at him. <laughs> it's time to get on with this. So he does have some pain. Um, that's not the first thing he wants to talk about. And often they do talk about personal issues. Casanova was living in um, his owner's backyard at a very lovely backyard facility, but she's moved him to this public facility, which he had a hard time on the transition aspect of it because he can't watch her. He seems to have been um, a very prominent figure in her life, and, and um, I would almost say it was an addiction to some degree, and it, it kept the owner a little bit in a hostage situation. Not in a bad way, I'm sorry. but. It, um, so he was really apprehensive moving to a public facility, but he's feeling pretty good about it now. Uh, his body's blossomed. His lifestyle's amazing here. He feels very good about his lifestyle. Um, most part likes the hay. The, the downside of it is he doesn't see Jody come out of her house two to three times a day to feed him and check on him, and he does miss that still. And even Jody has a little dog named Lulu that... Um, I think they are actually better <laughs> friends than, than um, they led on to. Well, he was nibbling on her feet, like play nibbling on her earlier. Sorry. It was really cute. And um, sorry, I had to push you back. So he's changing subject, subject on me. Um, and he's excited to be absolutely part of this episode for Leah. Uh, and he does want to talk about the stress is lower than he expected. He's doing surprisingly well. He he kind of felt dramatic about it. He thought he was going to just flip over and die. Oh wow! And um, so he's a little spoiled. I think between him and Jody, they created um, such a dependent relationship. Animals, horses are herd animals, mm -hmm. and and Jody was part of his herd. So uh -huh. he he definitely had some. Um, separation, anxiety on that. Um, and he does miss her. I bet. But he likes it here. He okay. thinks um, people are surprised by him. <laughs> they actually think he's a nicer horse than what they thought he was going to be. And um, he kind of came in with some possible health issues. Sorry, he has a hair on his lip. <laughs> I'm trying to pull that off. <laughs> um, so he thinks he's... he's Slightly on the famous side now, <laughs> probably because of the cameras, <laughs> but also because people are pleasantly surprised by his ability as a dressage horse. Mm -hmm. 
So he thinks you guys are going to show again. Jody is out of the picture here, but uh, and he's looking forward to it. But he wants to take it slow and easy. Mm -hmm. He knows that his owner also um, gets tired and stressed at times. So he doesn't want it to be so competitive. He feels like his owner is highly competitive and has a point to prove often. He's encouraging Jody to go with no point just to enjoy yourself and take a lot of pressure off yourself. Um, and which I think is really nice that he just wants the experience and the adventure. Uh, of course he would love to win, but he feels like it's already a win that you're here mm -hmm. and that you're moving forward. Jody, the owner and this horse, kind of had a <laughs> had a um <laughs> each other to massage and Aww. build confidence so he's building my confidence right now thank you <laughs> no, he thought so but i don't think he thought so his name is casanova yeah. he is a lover with the z by the way he's oh. pointing to his name play mm -hmm. oh he's going for the neck <laughs> so mares when they have babies that are insecure they go for the the base oh. of the neck to help them be confident and secure them um, great. So, so he did not ride and show for a couple of years, I think. And so their career and their relationship was at a bit of a standstill to the point where there was a lot of tears and heartache over it and they come through adversity. And there was a lot of things going on with Casanova. And I'd like to think that, um, I help facilitate some of the wellness programs. Jody has a lot of great uh, therapists and veterinarians that, that aided in his joints and his metabolic system and diet modifications. And how, I think he's 19. He's beautiful. If you could see the, his full body, I mean, I'm not a horse person like I said before, but he's gorgeous. And you see his muscle development is unbelievable. He's a really beautiful horse, and he's also, you talk about special gifts, he has got charisma, like, definitely, he's a, a showman. <laughs> Absolutely. He enjoys the limelight, obviously, and I don't want this to poke him in the eye. He, uh, I think he's actually a big advocate, the information that I'm getting through the Holy Spirit, is he, he sees some horses that are sick. Yeah. Not all horses are perfectly healthy here or at other facilities in the show ring. Yeah. And so he's happy to be the advocate today to, to preach to horse owners and animal owners mm -hmm. is that there could be answers to situations not just old age. Yes. Okay. So geriatric management is a big deal for me. I love animal geriatrics because a lot of um, people think their dogs and their horses are just getting old. Yeah. And I think it's often toxins mm -hmm. or lifestyle, nutrition, lack of nutrition. And, and I think all of it is innocent. Yeah. I just don't think we know as much as we will in the future. Yeah. And I hope that my abilities can help evolve the care of geriatric animals so that they can be 
vital and thrive and competitive and healthy and not put out to pasture or even euthanize that. I've had um, kind of a crazy experience this last year where I took uh, a lame horse to a well-renowned veterinarian situation and they recommended euthanization. And I said, well, he's, he might be neurologic. The horse was deemed neurologic, but he's not unhappy and he's not in a ton of pain and he's well managed, he looked amazing and many vets had seen him prior to that uh, they recommended euthanization and I said no you know there's not dogs can not be ridden and from the horse's point of view dogs have it good uh -huh. if the horses can't be ridden this vet clinic just would euthanize them, write it off on the insurance and allow people to get on with their life with a new animal and the insurance yeah. will pay for it. Is that because horses are so expensive to keep up people expect a return? Is that what that is? Or? People ride to ride. Okay. They don't ride to own a big pasture eating pet. Okay. So it's a sport. Yeah. Uh, one of the first um, scans that, and I call it scanning, mm -hmm. was uh, you love your horse more than your sport. And that was one of the horses saying how he adored how his owner loved his him over the sport. Well, yes. a lot of people love their sport more than their horse, and and so if they're not rideable, the only way the insurance can be collected is to euthanize, and that that's heart wrenching. Yes. And I and I understand it because if you bought a, a thirty thousand dollar horse for your daughter and all of a sudden it's unrideable and she can't show anymore mm -hmm. and her, her Olympic dreams and goals are dashed, I get that, mm -hmm. but it'd be great to a, either actually make him well, yeah. or if, if he's not being able to do that level of competition for somebody else. Mm -hmm. These animals are really resentful for the way we take care of our cats and dogs because they don't have to have a career. Yes. And these animals have to be career oriented mm -hmm. to be loved. And, and that's a, the biggest advocate is that Jody didn't give up on this horse. Yes. So that's Well, she's his, an incredible owner. I mean. Absolutely, and so this is the, the best thing that he can voice today to the mm -hmm. general public of me being his voice is yeah. don't give up. There might be an answer, there might not be an answer, but there might be a different situation where the animal can thrive just because it might not be rideable at that moment. Right. There's still possibly a life lesson attached to it or some sort of revolutionizing discovery whether it's within this horse's journey or some other horse's journey mm -hmm. that will aid other horses on the planet. Yeah. So this horse is grateful mm -hmm. that Jody never gave up on mm -hmm. him. And he wanted to express that. Oh. Absolutely. And there was times where it looked bad. Yeah. You know, he, he didn't know if he'd ever get sound. But in his head, he knew the final outcome. Is he so, sound? He feels like he's not 100%, but at least he's functioning. So he says he still has some pain in his pelvis area. Mm -hmm. Where? Pelvis. His insides, stomach, heart, those are good. Oh, good. So we got, those are we got really rid good. of the hind gut ulcer. Finally. Um, that, that was great, figuring that out. So Jody actually used... Um, a modality to test through her veterinarian for hindgut issues and it come up 
I do like body mapping where it highlights areas of pain and stresses. So stresses and pains are different. And so it pointed us in the right direction for Jody to get the analysis and used um, some products that the vet recommended to help resolve that. And that seems great. So, um, so for Casanova, Jody's had a history of back issues and then there was some saddle fitting issues where the saddle would fit Casanova and not Jody, and vice versa to some degree. Uh, and Casanova being an older gelding has had some, it sounds like he had an accident in the hind end before, I don't know if you so, know that. Well, something happened, but I mean, I think he cast It does himself. sound like he probably got cast, and cast means where the horse got stuck on the side of the stall and couldn't mm -hmm. get up. So they thrash and they can pull ligaments and muscles and throw themselves out chiropractically. And horses do go out chiropractically as well as any other animal on the planet. So, and I was trained initially for some chiropractic modality, which I started off doing, but I noticed that my adjustments when I would do them wouldn't hold. And so there was a deeper root issue. For this horse, there is still several things attached to the left hind, which part of it's saddle fit, part of it's the way Jody wants to lean on the right rein. I have a question um, for Casanova through you. So, do your horses like to be ridden? I know maybe it's not really like a basic question. Like, or do some horses like to be ridden? Like some horses adore to be ridden. Okay. I mean, it's it's totally their thing, and this okay. horse loves it. Okay. He does love it, but he does have some glitches and hitches as well as. And that's what you were going over. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So okay. he definitely um, wants. Like some horses dig the show arena. They uh -huh. totally okay. enjoy it. And I have an older gelding that would die to get back in the show arena, and he has some arthritic issues. So I doubt for me he would show to my level, mm -hmm. but he's been amazing for little kids. Mm -hmm. uh, does Casanova want little kids riding him? No. No, not at all. <laughs> I understand Casanova. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, can I interject a little bit? Um, is it possible to talk to Lulu for a minute? Absolutely. Is Lulu open to this? Cool. I don't know if Casanova's ready. Yeah, I mean, he's still, he's totally in no, line can, with can the... He, can he be involved? I just wanted to show a little bit of the juxtaposition of talking to a dog. And is that okay, Casanova, if we include, just for just a short minute, I just wanted to talk a little bit about how different animals speak a little bit differently. Is that okay with you or? Yeah, but um, I'm gonna bring up an interesting point. Okay. And not all animals do this, is you'll see that he's flopping his lower lip like he looks like he's literally talking. Yes. And there's some horses that actually shake their heads yes and no between like when the session starts, like mid-session they'll actually start nodding their answers yes, yes and no. And it's kind of a bizarre phenomenon that comes across the modality that yeah. I use is it really makes you aware of how much they actually understand. Yes. So you can, I can translate for the owner mm -hmm. the, through the Holy Spirit, the animals get it, and they can respond and mm -hmm. answer to people's questions at this point. So, I mean, he's still going to have his full session. We're just doing a little interview version. So you're still going to get talked to you completely. Uh, well, we all know him. He says he might bite the dog. Oh, 
He's not ready. He's not done yet. Okay. How's his cushions and his... Okay, well then what we can do is we can just finish up our interview then and then you can go and... No, he wants... He, he wants to continue on oh, camera. Well, he thinks that it'd be great for us to bring the dog in and him bite it. <laughs> oh, that would, so, be, that would be great he doesn't, but, but he doesn't just, mean bite her in that way. But he just not means, in a mean way. He does nibble on her. So this is Lulu, and this is the beautiful Joey, who is the companion for all these gorgeous little animals. And so, <laughs> look at her. Lulu is you, Lulu. Oh, sweetie, you're like okay. This is a show, and you're gonna be on this show. Is that okay? In the Holy Spirit, in the name of the blood of Jesus, God bless Lulu. Okay. So now Lulu has a little bit more intimate interaction with Jody because she sleeps on her bed every night and and all that. So she has a different perspective on life than. Yeah, Lulu's more of a life manager. Okay. For Jody. Okay. <laughs> so Lulu makes sure that Jody's on track. She worries uh -huh. if she's not. Casanova used to live with Lulu and Jody, mm -hmm. so they are. I won't say great friends, but they are uh, good companions for Jody, okay. and, and they're in mm -hmm. with that. Lulu acts like a big dog, mm -hmm. and she she thinks she's aggressive towards coyotes, which she is. She is. She's a little coyote hunter. Yeah, I've she heard. feels yes. pretty yeah. pretty good about it. She thinks they've been pretty far away lately. So she's thrilled about it. You know, a lot of Jody's female friends do have dogs, and yes. some she gets annoyed with some of them because yes. they aren't attentive dog owners. Oh. Um, yes. She says that they do feed them scraps and some bad food. Yeah. Jody does give her a little scraps here and there, mm -hmm. but we're not going to talk about that right now. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to cut that off. <laughs> uh, I guess you guys go out to dinner, and you and Lulu, and um, you guys have a favorite spot. It has an outdoor patio. Yeah, so she she was wondering when you were going to go again. She thought you guys were going to go tonight. Hit, <laughs> <laughs> He's laughing. I'm ready for my fix at that restaurant. I'm ready for my favorite dinner. She is, too. She yeah. loves it. She goes, that cooking is off the <laughs> I guess they use a lot of olive oil. And do you eat salmon there? No. Okay. She feels like fish is on the menu oh. for some reason. She usually eats Oh. I don't, I'm not feeling the love on the burger right now. I think it's a little heavy for her. Yeah, she had some filet the other night. And she's, she needs a little lighter. Yeah. Um, not to say that she's heavy. No, she no, wanted no. to clarify that. No, no, no. I'm more for her, the fat content for her pancreas. Yeah, I'm absolutely. Get upset if she gets too much fat. Yeah, the beef is a little hard on her. And she never knows what she wants to say. Oh. <laughs> it's just in case there was a fun movie. Yeah, absolutely. Horses aren't for eating. Not for her, at least. Well, yeah, and you had said whatever her left hip was a little sore or something, but uh, I haven't found anything she'll eat to give her for that. So okay. it's not bad. You can always do turmeric. Turmeric is amazing on dogs and horses. Okay, put it on her outside because getting her to eat anything is like ridiculous. You could. There's probably a couple ways you could do it. Uh, you can possibly make a tea with it and add it to her food in minute doses. You could also do just like a brushing across her gum. Does Casanova still want to speak more on camera, or does he feel done? With, he, not done with the session, but done with camera. 
He could be done with the camera. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Thank you. Talking. He's not done talking. Let's see him flapping his yeah. little lip around. Just with camera. This is this is part Come over here. Should we work on you physically in front of the camera? Maybe a little bit. No. <laughs> I just wanted to do before we move. I always do as well. I guess if you could share something with the audience, that would be one parting thought with the audience you really wanted to convey. I think for me, and the revelation of doing this job, um, this is not what I set out to do. So the holy communion between animals, human, and God is epic. There is something divinely present between all life forms, and it's. To me, it's very real, and I'd like to hope that I can open that doorway for everyone else's the respect, the harmony, the balance, the understanding, and the compassion between life forms. There's um, a scripture in the Bible that basically says the demise of the animals will be the demise of humans. And I do feel like animals were the first to be created. Jesus was born with animals. Animals have a huge place under the sun. And, and they are our awakening, our teachers in, in planetary well-being and spiritual well-being. Horses are amazing because they teach you balance. <laughs>